1: To Velvet Buzzsaw, I think you have to take a step back, you gotta talk about Dan Gilroy a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. Yeah, a little
1: bit. Like, you should know, uh, he was born in Santa Monica, California, he hung out a little bit in, uh, in New York, went to school, blah blah blah, ends up at Dartmouth College. Um, has some connection to the Boston Globe as far as, like, the critics and the film world and all that stuff. I know he's Dan Gilroy. I've seen one of his other movies. Um, the one I'm most familiar with is Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays like the TMZ reporter of the, the Midnight Shift. And he's like obsessed with stories, and then at one point he's creating stories. Would you say it's a cult movie, Dave? Nightcrawler?
0: Um, I think it's getting there.
1: Yeah, it's got some kind of cult status. But here's the um, thing um, Dan Gilroy is the son of Frank Gilroy, who's like a famous playwright, won a Pulitzer Prize. I think he's, like, brother
0: to another uh, Tony Gilroy, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah,
1: Tony's a, a writer and a director as well. Then they have a third brother, who is apparently Dan's twin, who actually edited Velvet Buzzsaw, which we're about to tear into. But um, I might have said i already tear it into. Yeah, I'll think of other things to say, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I didn't put it together. I didn't know he was the son of Frank Gilroy. Like, that name I known. I know that name. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I don't personally know this playwright. I haven't read his plays. I haven't seen his plays. But I, I the name rings a bell, and it turns out, oh, it's because he's uh, the, that playwright. Um, how do I? Yeah, I guess my first instance of Gilroy is just the fact that um saw freaking Nightcrawler. But dude, I didn't know he had anything to do with the writing of Free Jet. Ja- like, here's the thing: you're the son of a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. And the first thing you do in your screenwriting career is you go write Free Jack.
0: Fucking Free Jack.
1: (laughs) Free Jack of all things. What's Free Jack, folks? Emilio Estevez is a racer. You think he's dead. They reanimate his corpse. Because some rich dude wants to take over his body. Rene Russo's the girlfriend. She's aged because, you know, she remembers him back when they were little sweethearts. And then isn't Mick Jagger in the movie? He is. Yeah, okay. So this is a very weird sci-fi, niche movie, B-movie that's floating out there, folks. And you can go... You can, you, I'm sure Freejack is available everywhere. <laughs> so, so you're the son of a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, and then you write Jack. Years later, you'll end up on Real Steel, which is like a robotic version of the Rocky movie. It's all right. It did start out as a Richard Matheson story. He's a great science fiction writer, but real steel is literally watching Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine, punch dudes out using a robot, and the movie ends like Rocky, but with robots. It's a fun movie. And then years later... Yeah, it's essentially over
0: the top, but with uh, robots.
1: Yeah. And then years later, you get this creepy little movie called Nightcrawler. And then Dan Gilroy's on the scene. Now, getting ready for this podcast, trying to dig up some dirt on Gilroy, I didn't know that Rene Rene Russo started dating him and then married him after Free Jack. Oh. And they have a kid, and they've been been married this entire time. I would have never put these two together.
0: I mean, now that you say that, it makes sense because their paths cross a lot because Free Jack and then Nightcrawler and now this movie.
1: Yeah, I would have just thought, you know, that Rene Russo was Gary actor. You know what I mean? Just one member of his family. But uh, no, apparently they've been shacked up for a while. Um, okay, good for him. Yeah. I've asked my wife this. I was like, hey, so what if I have like a, a part in a movie where I'm portraying a relationship with somebody else and, you know, it's intimate or whatever? Because I think Rene Russo is intimate with Jake Gyllenhaal in, in Nightcrawler, right? Uh, I do believe. Like, what's that exchange there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? Like, hey honey, uh, how was your day? Oh, I was pretty good. Um I had sex with Jake Gyllenhaal. What's for dinner? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, well, hey, he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, he pushed her there. He pushed her to that limit. Um, yeah, She's been on the limelight for a little while. She was even talking about how Vel- Velvet uh, Buzzsaw brought her back into the limelight. I was literally watching this movie about Up until about 10 minutes that we were getting ready to podcast, and I was, like, loading clips across social media. I was, like, hitting them on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. They're spoiler alert clips, though, folks. I labeled them cor- correctly. I said watch at your own risk. Like, I'm showing murders, Dave. I'm showing, like, I'm, like, Act 3 best bits. I threw it out there. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I, I always wonder if Dave's going to like something or hate something. Um, I couldn't read into his text earlier what he said. He's ready for the discussion tonight. So I don't know. What, oh. Well, first of all, are you a fan of Dan Gilroy, This other movie? Yeah,
0: I'd say I am because I really like Nightcrawler. Um, okay. I like the other movie he directed um, for this, which was a um, terrible name, but a good movie, uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel uh, Washington. yeah, that,
1: that came out just recently, actually.
0: Like uh, a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah, and then Denzel You're Washington. It's, a, it's an interesting character for Denzel.
0: Yeah, it's like basically a, um, a. I don't know if you'd say he's autistic or.
1: Oh yeah, um, he's got uh, like Asperger's. He's on the spectrum. He's he's definitely
0: on the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and he Aren't like. Aren't we all,
1: David? Aren't we all? But
0: but that yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's a you know we're not here to talk about that movie, but it does tie into Dan Gilroy, um, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler. I I really I really want to go back and rewatch. Um, I did see it in the theater, and. Um, God, that movie, um, you know, some people have compared it to, like, a modern-day taxi driver just in the sense that, you know, he's kind of a sociopath. Or, uh, uh, you know, um, they say Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in Nightcrawler, he doesn't blink once. So.
1: I don't blink very often. I have to keep eye drops to, to like, actually lubricate my eyes the way a normal human being's eyes should be lubricated. Huh. So. I don't know. I mean, if you were an actor and you blinked all the time, I don't know how you would train yourself to not blink. That's a little more difficult. But,
0: um... Yeah, because it's a natural thing we do without thinking about it. Supposedly.
1: Drew. Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, we're talking about it. creepy movies, I can definitely push for being a creep on the microphone. That's how that works. Although, I have a stinking suspicion that, like, uh, you yeah, know, we're talking about podcasts don't no-nos, like, oh, no religion, politics, and don't creep out your audience, or something. I was reading this article. I was like, oh, we've definitely done a couple of those things before. <laughs> right. Uh, I also think I know which of the hosts people are more inclined to listen to of all of us. And it's not probably the order that you would think. Um, hmm. Anyway. Not to bring down the show that's doing so well, so exciting. This is gonna be on the heat map right here. Seven minutes in, we're fucking killing it. Um, so Velvet Buzzsaw. If any movie's gonna go cult overnight, I think this movie's gonna get cult status pretty fucking quickly. Cause you you wonder what the fucking the title is referring to of the whole goddamn movie. I don't know if it mentions that her that Rene Russo's character wasn't a band throughout the movie. Like, if there, there's a lot of conversations at the art galleries between these friends and. There's, like, inside information, and also the friends are kind of trying to one-up each other. The movie's, like, surrounded, surrounded like, an art collective, and there's about four or five main people. I mean, here's a big question. I mean, do you think this movie would have done as well or have gotten to Netflix and gotten released or be attracting so many eyeballs if it wasn't A-list cast? Like, basically, here's the general concept of the movie, folks. Paintings are possessed, and they're killing people. They come in contact with them.
0: Um... I, I think with I think you still made of a you still could have made a great movie without this cast. Meaning, I think the concept alone is interesting oh, no, enough. I
1: like the concept. I think it's a, a great concept. I like the idea of haunted paintings that have a demonic force that can come after you if you express greed or try to control the paintings. That's what it, that's what it seems to be. Either the person gets greedy, or they try to force the painting to do something and it gets pissed. But um. I mean, if it's not this cast, if it's not Gyllenhaal, Russo, Colette, um, Natalie Dyer is familiar, John Malkovich, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have this cast, you know what I mean? It, uh, it, uh, basically, uh, okay. Like, the concept is cool, right? But I think this is a movie that would probably end up a back shelf of a horror section in a video store. People would find it, maybe start talking about it, right? Pass it around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, do you agree, or do you? You're not following the fantasy that I'm creating here.
0: No, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah I think it. I think it still could. Uh, would attain that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it could still build a cold audience without the. Uh, without the this particular cast, but I think this cast is going to push that along even faster. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's gonna raise it to like a whole different level. It's gonna bring people in pretty much, uh, probably faster. I mean, so, and some of the, I mean, some of the characters are more like um, obscure. Like, um, there's a gallery worker, uh, Bryson. That's Billy Magnuson. Have you seen the television version of? Maybe not, because I think it's on Epix, which I don't know who owns that channel. But <laughs> wait, no, they loaded the first season on Netflix. Now it's um. Get Shorty, turned they, they turned Get Shorty into a – another. that's another tie-in for Renee Russo. She's in the film version of Get Shorty, and then Billy Magnuson is in the television version of Get Shorty. He's not Shorty, but he's somebody else, but you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and also the plot of the TV show isn't really – it's only vaguely based on the concept of the movie. Just somebody in the criminal underworld goes into the movie business, you know? That's basically right. it. That's good though. Chris O'Dowd is in the TV show.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um,
1: so, how should we unravel this review? Should we go death to death, or should we just talk about which characters we like, things we don't like?
0: Well, I mean, you might want to start off with um, just the basic concept of it. And how, you know, um, you know that it's in the art world. Um, well, you know, we're struck into, the, we're placed into the art world. Jake halls are. I guess you call Jake Gyllenhaal a protagonist, although I don't know if like
1: I don't know the way kind everything of shifts. It shifts halfway through. the Yeah,
0: world. like I'm hard to. It's hard to say anybody's a protagonist because it does, Like you say, it shifts. Um,
1: well, you you stick to what emerges as the final girl common trope in horror movies, and it actually happens in here. But it's a very subtle shift, and she's like the assistant, and she keeps getting hired and fired by this group of friends because there's basically three art galleries that are competing. To have the next award-winning show or the money-making show, right? And and some of them have like a past history, like they all worked at the same gallery at one point, or I mean, th- okay, there is a band, but I don't know if anybody knows why the title is called Velvet Buzzsaw. That was a band. Renee Russo's character was in the band, and that other. Well, they they say them. it
0: real briefly. Yeah, they, there's a scene between her and some guy who was um. Where she he explains that like oh yeah I used to love your early work with your band Velvet Buzzsaw yeah, or, or but, something but, to that I effect. But I mean,
1: but you know, if you're not paying attention, you miss it. You know, it's yeah, it is a it is
0: a blink and you'll miss it scene. Yeah. Um,
1: but she seems to have a, a history with Tony Collette's character, who was like the rival. I don't know. I don't. What do you call these people? The people that curate an art gallery. I don't know what you call them. Curators. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um... So they have kind of a rivalry, and in between them is they seem to be friends with also John Malkovich, who's just playing like another local artist. And there's a couple of other artists who are kind of upset and uh, and yet like attracted to this art that just uh, pops up kind of on well, is it on accident? I don't know.
0: Do you well, think- yeah, because because uh, that one girl, the the girl that keeps uh, getting tossed around, like you were saying, because um, what she just like stumbles across it. Somebody in her building dies, and uh, all the shit's going to be thrown out.
1: Oh no, she's not the assistant. She's just uh, she's an a friend. She's a friend of the assistant that works with the art critic at one of the galleries. Like like I said, it's like four or five people in the art world that are all connected. But Josephine is not the assistant. Um, Coco is the assistant. But Coco calls, jo- Coco calls Josephine at the beginning of the movie to tell Josephine that her husband or her boyfriend is cheating on her. Josephine goes home, finds the dead body in the hallway, right? Mm. Goes into the dead man's apartment, finds all the artwork. Do you think the dead man is the artist, or do you think that's the guy that had the art and the art killed him and then it just – it kept going, like the ring or the grudge or something. They just pass on the curse.
0: Ah, uh, I'm going to stick to – I think it's uh, – I think it is the artist, but uh, mm. I could be wrong because the whole thing is um, the only – the people that die are people who profit from it. So I don't know. I mean yeah, we don't really know.
1: kills you in this movie?
0: Well, yeah agreed because i mean john malkovich is the only one that uh survo- well spoiler alert uh of the main characters john malkovich is the only one that unless like survives he,
1: unless he's the, really the fucking artist because he's drawing strange patterns in the sand at the end of the movie spoiler see alert.
0: and i i thought that was like him just going back to like just being pure about it like that was the whole oh. thing there's not not for profit that's just him bringing joy or his creativity out and that's why he doesn't get uh, killed because he's still a pure artist.
1: Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, the deaths are not that graphic, folks. If you're also wondering whether I mean, this movie could have almost been PG-13 if not for like, one like the one scene, sex which is sex the scene.
0: one, the one scene, uh, and it's kind of alluded to in the previews with the uh, the giant mirror ball.
1: Uh, yeah, even that's prob- not that bad. She sticks her hand in it, then yeah, blood comes out the other three sides. Not very much blood.
0: No, but I think, um, but I think, but I don't think that was the point. Like the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, "That's this is not the point." Like it's because uh, he's not a he's not a gore guy or anything like that, Dan Gilroy. Um, I think I don't think he was too interested in making it the goriest. You know uh, what
1: I like? I like what a tight ship they run. What a clean movie! Like they do not waste a frame. Like right, not, it is not
0: overbloated.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, scenes don't go on too long. They're on the verge of being maybe too short, but it it like literally goes boom ba boom ba boom ba boom. Then the movie's over. It's perfect for me. Uh, like, and he has an aesthetic that I can appreciate. Not that my aesthetic is as good as his and is clean. He obviously has more experience than me. But there was something in there. The um, like not wasting the frames. Not like just because you're there with the equipment doesn't mean you just waste it. You know. What, you know what I mean? Like, right. And that could be his brother's influence as the editor. I don't know. But even with the, the talent that he had, he didn't let anybody go on on speech ranting. But the best moment for me is what they use in the – it's like a clip in the trailer. It's the trailer moment where Jake Hall is screaming, like, something goddamn strange is happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's – like uh, – and that's like your Return of the Living Dead moment in the trailer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. Uh, something strange. on no, I really, really enjoy. it. <laughs> uh, what's that? Uh, I said, him, sorry, guys. I think you really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe more than you did. I don't know.
0: I, I, um, I, I'd, I'd place this, like, if they still had their star rating system. I'd say this is a 3.5. Like, I felt like I really enjoyed it, but, like, there was something that kept it back from being, like, a really great movie for me.
1: The special effects. I, 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 I mean, I don't... they jinky. Honestly, they're kind of jinky.
0: I mean, uh, yes, they are. But that is
1: like it's not like they wanted to draw back on the '80s. Like I haven't heard anything in interviews like, "Oh yeah, we love the style of these old Dario Argento movies or these old uh, '80s nightmare movies." Um, But speaking of nightmare movies, I don't know if this ever come up on the podcast. But my idea for a Freddy movie was that there was a haunted painting, and Freddy came out of the painting. So (coughs) (laughs) I can appreciate haunted painting movies. As I cough in the microphone, you're welcome, people. (laughs)
0: yeah um yeah i i enjoyed it uh like i said it just something held held back from being a great movie for me but uh Mm. i really dug it um the guy so far hasn't made a bad movie yet Um, what what is
1: your favorite death scene in the movie then well i think maybe not mention the one at the end
0: uh yeah no um that might be number two but i mean um Mm. I'll say, I mean, I'll go with the obvious one because it's kind of the show, uh, the showpiece. Uh, but that'd be the Tony Collette death yeah. with the, um, I mean, like I said, it's kind of the showpiece.
1: With um, the exception of it tried to tell these little stories with each one of the characters, and it does take its time with each one of their deaths, which again right. is a horror trope that you, if you're going to spend some money, you take your time and you set up and execute a death scene. So yeah. Those are the horror you know, elements I, that work in the movie.
0: Right. And, you know, it's not purely a horror movie. I mean, I think it's more of a satire of the art world that has oh, yeah, some horror elements. that's what element.
1: saying. It's like, um, who was that good satirist who died? He made a lot of movies in the 80s, maybe early 90s. And uh, geez, you have a movie. Is it L.A.? What is that movie? What is that freaking movie? <sighs> I'm not sure. Do you Altman. know what it's about? Robert Altman. Oh, Shortcuts? Yeah, I was going to say Shortcuts. There's a helicopter scene, right? Isn't there a helicopter think... flying over somebody's house? Uh, yeah, it... a few, there's a few shots like that. Alright. Um, funny way to get to Altman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm digging through, like I'm just like running file folders through my brain or something, just like letting the machine click through and then, oh, helicopters. You're like, what the fucking helicopters what are we talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, man, good stuff, Dave. I don't yeah. even know if I like Altman that much.
0: I seem to remember you saying you didn't. Um, I I like some of his stuff. I but, mean, he's not one of he's not one of my guys that I to go to bat for, but I, but I enjoy it. In this
1: movie, Gilroy's like taken Gilroy is kind of like Altman in this movie. So he's like the art world, the art world of Altman. And then what is the horror stuff? What his horror style? Who does that remind you of from like the movie, the like horror movie world?
0: Um. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, you, you kind of, uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of something you said. I'd say, you know, maybe a little bit like uh, some Dario Argento.
1: Um, I don't know,
0: that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, there's a specific movie of Dario Argento's that I'm thinking of where his daughter, well, the character's played by his daughter, She's being stalked by a rapist, but she has a condition where she goes into, like, an art museum and the artwork will start to come alive and she'll hallucinate. Um, what the heck is the name of that movie? Was it
0: the Stendhal Syndrome? Yeah, Stendhal
1: or... Syndrome, exactly. Like, she had this condition where the artwork, would she would start to hear it and see it. And there's a moment in the movie, in this movie, where Jake Gyllenhaal's character thinks he's hearing audio being played of his criticisms of artwork.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, he's in a oh, soundproof right.
1: room at an installation and he, and he thinks he's hearing all his reviews played back out of his own voice. Right. Uh,
0: that was actually a pretty creepy scene.
1: <laughs> it is creepy because of its minimalism. Like, I, I don't know, there are some horror filmmakers that withhold and withhold and withhold and that starts to scare you.
0: Well, that that one, um, I, I have a halfway decent sound system and they really, like, played with your... Uh, if you have a surround sound, they really fucking play with your head on that one because, like, there's just sounds bouncing around everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not uh, centered in one stereo mix. It's left and right, correct?
0: Well, it's uh, yeah. It's, I mean, I have surround sound, so it's, like, front, left, back, right. Like, it just keep, shit keeps bouncing around. Wow. Like, you know, just, like, to put you in a headspace of, like, all the voices are in your head or... Yeah, yeah, know?
1: like, you feel like the character, right? Because they're coming at mm-hmm. you from all directions? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> no, the audio I have is built into my TV. <laughs> I want to get a soundbar. Maybe I will. But also, That's
0: actually I, what I... Believe it's it or not, dude, they're actually a worthy investment. I I, I was down on them. Um, I mean, I have this round sound version where um, I saw the back speakers. Yep. But, yeah, I've got a Vizio soundbar. It's actually pretty pretty badass. I was amazed. Yeah.
1: Except, I mean, except, like, Dave is fortunate lives in a house. I live in a townhouse, so i got neighbors up my ass. So I'm sure if I played a soundbar or I had a surround system like Dave, then they'd probably be calling the police like I'm executing somebody because they would hear, like, blood and deadly mur- <laughs> deathly murder and gunshots if I'm watching, like, I don't know. they on Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Just
0: uh, Choking out somebody named Sarah Connor? I don't yeah, know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sarah Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Dang. Um, okay. Rating scale. I think we have to compare it to other movies. If we can, um, binge now, binge later, binge never. What um,
0: I'm gonna say binge binge later. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it quite got its hooks into me the way I thought it was going to, but um, I still say it's worth watch. Uh, but if you don't watch it for a week or two, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna like uh, miss out too much. I think.
1: Fair enough. I don't think we're gonna have
0: any bird box, bird box like challenges with this so one. What, like, a,
1: <laughs> what are you gonna tell people to binge now? Then, if they're binge, binge this one later.
0: Oh, binge right now. Um, well, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna kind of contradict myself because I don't think you can binge it just yet. Maybe like in a week or two. Um, I'm thinking back when I saw it in the theater, but that movie um, I told you about it. Can you ever forgive me with uh, Melissa McCarthy? I fucking that one. I really liked lately. I'm trying to catch up on all the Oscar movies.
1: Oh, but it's not even the same, like, category as this movie.
0: Right? No, it's not. Oh, oh, shit. By comparison. Yeah, um... yeah, yeah. That's
1: what I thought. They had to be comparable.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh. Um, not quite the same thing. I'm trying to think of, like, painter movies. Or something to do with painting. Uh... Oh, I know. Uh, no. I don't know, you 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 throw something out and I'll think about that for a second. Okay, I'm going to
1: say binge now. Watch this movie right now. It's available before somebody like me, you know, spoils it for you on Twitter, which I technically already did. Um, So watch Velvet Buzzsaw. Binge later. Watch Stenhall Syndrome. And binge never... 967 Evil Part 2.
0: Alright, um... I will say uh, okay. Go ahead, and I'd say binge now, Nightcrawler, um, because uh, if you want to get into Dan Gilroy's world, I think that's the best one to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I already said this: binge later, binge never. Uh, trying to think, something else with Jake Gyllenhaal that was a bad movie. Uh, I don't know.
1: Fuck. That movie, I don't know. Where he knocks down his house. What's that? That movie where he knocks down his house.
0: Where he knocks down his house.
1: Yeah, see, that's how forgettable it was.
0: <laughs> I don't even. I don't even his know. His wife which...
1: dies, and then he breaks everything, and it's like the study of objects or something. Is the name of the movie something like that? Something objects.
0: Uh huh. I don't know.
1: Yep. Yeah, see, he's actually
0: he's actually got a pretty good batting average. I'm like sitting here trying to think of like. Or that other movie it... where
1: he finds his evil twin. Uh evil twin yeah like doubles or something what is that movie
0: oh oh actually thank you that's a binge never enemy yeah fuck (laughs) it which sucks because like that guy that director uh, the guy who did it is the guy who did blade runner the new blade runner and um prisoners but man that movie fucking sucked like even good directors can make a shitty movie once in a while
1: Hmm. well after we finish this i think i'll be watching the first episode of russian doll
0: yeah, you have to let me know how that is. I like me a good uh, Natasha Meone.
1: Once again, Dangerous, thanks for binge watching.
0: Alright. Lates? <laughs>